This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD and on podcasts all over the world. And we are beginning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm Tom Oglesby. Oh, Colleen Pasnick. Mark Hager. Mark, uh, I see the text got back to us here, and they finally uh, put us on the uh, email list here. Yeah, we're, it's, it's the new email is chatter at kcrd-fm.org. So you can send in your uh, comments here uh, directly to us, not anonymously to info. And uh, Newsworthy and, only, right, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> and we got caught up on... on what, a dozen podcasts uh, after the uh, crew came back from the islands? That's right. We're up to, this is episode 26, and uh, you can see all the previous 25 episodes on FM uh, 98.3 KCRD's uh, website. That's kcrd-fm.org under broadcast programs under podcasts. There, you can see us in there. So, Colleen, we got some headlines. There's... Uh, Lots of news, and some of it's good. Meow. <laughs> I'm identifying as a cat for this segment, oh, which will make the, no sense. The wind blows, <laughs> and she just gets on board, doesn't she? All right, fill in the blanks for everybody who's wondering what's going on. Well, we heard this a couple months ago. Um, apparently, there are some people... At the high schools, I've heard both senior and I've heard at West Delaware, I'm not sure where else, uh, students who are identifying as cats. What? Meow. Students who identify as cats. Cats. So they might wear the ears or the tail. Mm-hmm. Um, but the really weird part is now I guess they're insisting on litter boxes. You guys, this is not a joke. I am not. This is This is serious. All right, both hands on the wheel. If you're driving down the road, both hands on the wheel, cover the brake. What did you just say? Is this amazing? This is not a joke, that there are young young people identifying as cats mm-hmm. in the school. In um, kind of looking a little bit about the story, apparently some people also identify as silver foxes. I, 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 I know, we're... We're kind of chuckling in the studio, but this is really going on, and it's concerning. I, that's called mental illness. Or demonic. Or could have a little bit of that. Yeah, this is, this is, this is just crazy, but th- the, this is a natural... Uh, this, uh, so this part is funny, but it, it, it's, it's tethered with transgenderism it is. as the forerunner to that. It's tethered to homosexuality. I'm, I'm not... So I'm I'm not the gender I'm not the sex. So would this be trans species? Is that Th- what we're going is, into this now? This is uh, this is transgenus, <laughs> not transgenius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we we've gone from the uh, the Homo sapien to the uh, 
feline. Uh, oh my! Felix the wonderful cat. Yeah. Okay, you've got to footnote this because right now nobody believes what you've said. Serious. I am serious. There is a. You can go on. Well, if you're on TikTok, there's a TikTok furry uh, that's kind of following this. But there. TikTok furry. I know. It almost is hard to do this story with a straight face. Oh my. But I feel bad for the teachers that have to try and put up with this in the classroom, which is a major distraction oh. for everybody. Yes. Yeah, but that that is not one of the, uh, I don't know if you, how many of the uh, stories you pulled down, but one of the stories, Mark, speaks about a teacher who witnesses to her furriness, along with, I'm going to say this as... as uh, because I know this is a uh, family show, but she confesses to a relationship involving three people. Let me just say that, in addition to her furriness. So she was witnessing to her students. So while it can be pain of, of what teachers have to put up to, in at least one instance, it's documented that the teacher is doing that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where it stops. Uh, this really is something that my parents would have nipped in the bud, right? <laughs> yes. If I said, Mom and Dad, I'm identifying as a cat, that would have been right where it ended. Well, they would have hit you with a bat, first of all, <laughs> and then they would have said, no, you're not. So, I mean, Well, just... and you're mentioning uh, satanic influences in our schools here. It's hitting close to home. It's just down the road a piece. Yeah, well, it's at Senior High School here in Dubuque and West Delaware in Manchester. And, and I'm not sure where else, but the satanic stuff is hitting close to home, Date, too. Dateline Moline, Illinois, right across the river in the Quad Cities. Uh, I'm looking at, um, I mean, this is disturbing. The headline, uh, Micah Bilger on January 14th writes, Satanic Temple starts elementary school club to indoctrinate children. And the photo on this, uh, this is the uh, Belleville News Democrat. The Satanic Temple, a radical group of religious that calls killing unborn babies and abortion a spiritual ritual, is now trying to indoctrinate your children. And the photos are some, um, yeah, they're human. Holding signs, Hail Satan, Abort Everyone. This is a safe bubble for, for um, I mean, the pro-life people are out uh, silently protesting while, while uh, at least one gentleman is, uh, I mean, this is crazy. And then you, Colleen, you found the, uh, the, the it's an after-school club, right? Sign up, do you? It's a flyer. Hey, kids. The flyer says, hey, kids, let's have fun at After School Satan Club. Science projects, puzzles and games, arts and crafts, nature activities. And what's the line in there? I mark it's small print there, but something about we're not trying to proselytize. Well, what are you trying to do? Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't read that. So Yeah, it is very tiny, but, you know, so... So, of course, the school district is getting lots of uh, feedback and, <clears throat> and pushback, and, and they've come back to say, you know, we just rent to anybody. We, we can't discriminate based on religion. There's religious freedom, religious liberty, 
And so we're not endorsing, but we have to rent space to them. Well, whatever we're doing, just let up the phones. They're calling in right now. Yeah. But this this is just horrific. And, it, and from what you just said, this I thought it was actually directed at a high school, but it's not. No, this, this is, is elementary. Elementary right. school. Get them early, get yeah. them off. I, I see right here, it says the, uh, the Satanic Temple supports children to think for themselves. So we're sending children, elementary school children, into satanic clubs to think for themselves. I thought the whole idea of schools, public schools was education, not indoctrination. And, and what, happened to the, what happened to the separation? They threw Christ out in the Bible in the 1950s, and now we're bringing satanic, which is a religion... It is a, a false religion. religious. It is, although religion. they call themselves themselves atheistic. So they they say they're not a religion. Therefore, a non superstitious worldview. It's so a- here's the real question. This is down. We we we're talking about schools out in Manchester, which is Delaware County, West Delaware uh, school mm-hmm. system. We're talking down here, the other side of the river. But this is sixty minutes away, guys. What are you going to do when it comes into Dubuque? It's 60 minutes away, and it's making national news. And what are you going to do when it comes to Dubuque? And I've heard nothing from uh, the pulpit. Well, the pulpit, and there were uh, some uh, early news reports that uh, our news reporters were getting secondhand emails from Superintendent Reingans, whose days are numbered as he's resigned or is in the process of resigning, but saying that they're aware that there's some furries in the Dubuque school, they just haven't brought their litter boxes yet. <clears throat> Correct. Correct. That- Stein, Stan Reingans did not say anything about Satan clubs, but he did say that he was familiar with the furry thing. Yeah, but uh, he just said the only thing that's happening in Dubuque was some furry ear headbands and... If your children are identifying as a domesticated cat, there's a problem. Okay, are we at the point in our culture where we have to say that's a problem and we should not be letting this happen in the schools? Yeah. Are we really there? Well, as long as the parents don't stand behind them and say, well, you have to give them a litter box if that's what they're asking for, I'd say that's a problem. But, you know, I kind of wonder if these two stories aren't a little bit connected. Well, they are connected. Yeah. They're absolutely connected. This yeah. this is a, a uh, total misrepresentation of the dignity of mankind as created by the Creator. So let me ask you a question. So right now they're identifying as cats. What if I came in dressed as Satan and said, I feel like We've Satan. seen your costume. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, it's the next Here, here's, step, here's right? the Here's it's, the connection. Here's I'm, the connection. Satan is the Antichrist. Satanic worship, when they say they, they freely admit they are atheistic. If you break that down, it's anti-theistic. It's against God. It turns everything upside down. When your children start saying... I'm transgender, I'm a cat, I'm homosexual. These are all perversions of the view of God. To, to begin saying, that'll be the next thing here that comes out. God made me a cat. 
You have to love me. God made me. Stop it. Stop it. This this was the slippery slope that began all this way in here. And I'm saying that not without charity. I'm saying it in charity for the love of God. These, these are, this is, this is foolishness. Right. If, if we love our children, we have to speak the truth to them, even if it means saying, you're not a cat. Correct. The parent's role is guidance, not misguidance. Yes. Yeah. You're a son, not our daughter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and I know there there's an antidote to this. I mean, for, for us believers, for us Christians, there's an antidote to what we see here with the, the encroachment of Satan into schools, trans-speciesism into schools. Antidote is, is prayer. Antidote mm. is truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. And I feel for um, the parents who have children of transgender or homosexual relations and those kinds of things. Uh, a mother shared her daughter's last letter to to her mother, uh, and, and the daughter writes, to find healing in God's unconditional love. They called it unconditional, but it wasn't. It was impossible for them to accept me as I am. Why is it so important for them to accept that part of me? Because it is part of me. It is part of my identity. It is an important part of my life. Who I love. Why is that so bad? How does that hurt anyone? And because of that, I can't receive communion. My confessions are not valid. Well, that hurts. They offered unconditional love, but it was conditional. That hurt me a lot. I couldn't talk to God anymore. I couldn't pray anymore. It hurt too much. It hurt me so much. This is the last letter a daughter wrote to her mother. Yes, she's Catholic. She's talking about receiving communion and receiving the sacrament of confession. And she couldn't deal with her homosexuality. Now, these are real tough, tough loved kinds of situations and we all as a great Catholic community need to reach out to these people but that doesn't change God's vision for humanity right we we you're right we need to reach out to everyone like that woman who wrote that letter who's hurting and her mother and her mother and everyone that knows her I'm sure and yet we also have to speak the truth with charity. We're, we're not condemning or judging, but we have to speak the truth because the only way to, that's going to bring us happiness is when we live according to God's plan. If, if we're not living according to God's plan, we're, we're not going to be happy. No matter what the world says, happiness. Never. You know, we're coming up on the end of the uh, first segment here, Mark. Um, there's a lot of hurt going on here. This this poor mother, I can't imagine what she and her husband are going through losing their beautiful daughter. There was a photo in the uh, ad. I mean, just a gorgeous young woman. We've got people here being attacked by satanic social club. This is not the chess club, guys. This is the satanic club. And all this going on here. Uh, 
Colleen, I can't even think of uh, what should we pray for these families and these individuals here. What's what's a, an appropriate prayer? You know, what comes to my mind is a prayer for healing because yeah. a healing of lots of things, but you can just see, hear the pain in that in that note that, that young she woman's, left. Uh, you got a good prayer to top of the mind we can pray right now? Absolutely, we can pray a prayer for healing. So, Go ahead. You, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we come to you with uh, sad hearts for what we see going on in our in our society today. People that are hurting and feeling unloved and judged. Lord, please heal all of us, body, mind, and spirit, of everything that needs to be healed. We know that true happiness is only going to come when we're living according to your plan. We know that we all have wounds that need to be healed. And we know that you're the only one that can heal them. Give us the strength and the courage to always turn to you and know that you love us and that you want the best for us. So we ask healing for, for all these families. Restore everyone who has been hurt and wounded and restore us all to, to wholeness and to happiness. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're praying with the chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. We'll be right back after this. We're back. This is the chatter podcast and you're listening live if you are uh, this weekend here we're recording on january 17th monday this is episode 26 here we uh we haven't been canceled by anybody quite yet here so here. quite yet <laughs> mark you got some uh some headlines we didn't sneak into that last segment. What do you got? Yeah, I want to start with the, um, if you think the price of food is going to go down anytime soon, we're sadly mistaken. Uh, right now, there was a, uh, they had these, actually, these were on the uh, news this week, on the farm news. Uh, the price of fertilizer mm -hmm. has gone up 264%. And uh, the farmers now have to make a decision. Are they even going to plant the crops? And we're 100 and, days away from planting. Yeah, and uh, the the one farmer said he had paid four hundred thousand dollars last year to for everything that he needed to get his crops in the ground and everything. This year it was one point two million. <gasps> wow! And he says, "I don't think I can do that." He said, "I if I take that chance and plant those crops and they don't turn out very good, I'm done." Mm -hmm. And he said, "So the whole thing is coming down to more food shortages, higher prices like crazy." I mean, so it's not going to end unless, and I don't, I don't know where to go from there because they say that there's four fertilizer companies that own seven or control seventy five percent of the fertilizer industry. Yeah. So four companies four are they companies. domestic companies? Do we know what they th are? I think three of them are uh, ones. One I think is from China. And if you saw the end of the year report, Iowa farmland increased by what twenty eight percent. So if you are the son of a farmer, you talk about uh, uh, century farms and heritage farms. What well, the heritage is what in the family for 150 years. Right. Mm. So 
if you want to pass that farm on to your what what son can make the payment on farmland that's been in the family for two, three, and four generations when it in one year jumps twenty eight percent? Yeah, ain't happening. No, ain't happening. Can't and now the it. fertilizer prices are up. What else you got? Well, the other thing I talked about last week, and that was uh, the um, the um, the event that's going to happen down in McAllen, Texas. Oh, right. This was all talked about on Church Militant on January 10th. And uh, the, it's called the Take Action Tour, and it's started by a group of women fighting for America because domestic or the polls show that domestic security is a high priority for women voters. Are they packing? They are packing. <clears throat> and... Um, the other thing that this goes into is, and the reason that they're meeting in McAllen is because there's a bridge from McAllen to Mexico there, and they're going to stand arm-in-arm arm across that bridge. Uh, they've got lots of great speakers coming down there, but the other thing they talked about in here is, is obviously a big thing in the news lately is voting rights. And we see that New York City has just um, given 800,000 illegals the right to vote. Sure. So now this I'm, is city elections this only. City elections, you yeah. know, and stuff. But uh, you know, there again, it's it's a major force that we have to stop this kind of stuff. Illegals, if what's, illegals, what's the value not, to be an American citizen anymore? Well, exactly. That's yeah. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. But well, what's the footnote in that uh, article that you were talking about? I'm sorry, Colleen, I cut you off. No, I was going to say, just when they're talking about all this voting stuff, but yet, if you're walking down the street, you have to show your papers that you've had your shot. Right. Yeah. But you don't have to show any papers to show that you're eligible to vote. A citizen, it makes no sense. It's all upside down, like you said in the first segment. Well, yeah. just tell them you're a, a illegal alien and yeah. bug off. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, the other thing that got me was uh, in that in that uh, pot, in that cast that he did. The uh, it says they talk about the illegals coming across the border, and uh, they're beholden to the Marxist overlords because they get fed, housed, and transported across the country by ten, with tens of millions of dollars that cost us the taxpayers. Yeah, and it's all funneling through, or a lot of it is being funneled through Catholic charities, and. We know that because they talk about it on the news. Catholic Charities has buses down there, and they're running these people all over the country. You know, one of the things that has always um, I've always wondered about, we hear about all these caravans coming up through from South Honduras America, Central and... America. But if you're a refuge, I thought you were supposed to go to the nearest country. Yeah. Right? You were just getting out of your country. country yeah. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. So that's what a refuge is, right? And, like, and then people oftentimes, well, Joseph and Mary and the child Jesus, they were immigrants. But they went to the closest country that was, right? They didn't try to come to America. Yeah, the adjacent country, yeah. Egypt. Right. Yeah. Yes, right. you're yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the things that just is so curious about this. It's not that we're against immigration. If you want to have three million come in a year, fine, but change the law. Yeah. Here's an interesting point that you bring out there. Yeah, that is the uh, international protocol that you seek refuge in the adjacent country here. But that's second to the international law that says everyone has a right to live in their homeland. And so the real question here is, is, is why are they coming 
from Costa Rica or Panama through uh, several countries to get to the southern border of the United States. And why isn't there an international outcry that says these people are not afforded their right to live in their homeland? Their homeland or their neighboring homeland. Think about it. If we were going to try to find refuge somewhere, wouldn't it be way better if we just went to Canada, where they mostly speak English and it's close to us getting back home, than for us to travel down and try to find refuge in Costa Rica? That makes no sense. Well, and the other thing is that we've heard, it's not just from South America anymore. It's 67 different countries that that they're coming in from. Correct. Right. And so if you're a Muslim trying to come here, you know, the long way through Costa Rica... What didn't you want to go to a Muslim country, another Muslim country, instead right. of coming to America? So you you just have to wonder what's really behind this. Yep. Well, we already know that here. Yeah. Well, I'm just bringing What's your next headline? Just highlighting oh, it. Oh, that's it. For that's now. in there. Yep. Colleen, you had some? Where were we going on? Yeah, well, uh, he mentioned that, you know, Catholic Charities is involved there. And, and I see that the Archbishop, uh, Archbishop Jacobs has issued a new statement. This is dated January 12th which was uh, on a Tuesday last week, about the week of prayer for Christian unity that's coming up uh, January 18th to the 25th. And he said, uh, it's when we beg God for unity. Mm. And and that's that's good. That's a good thing, unity. We, we like unity. But my question is, you know, before uh, Vatican II, that week of prayer for Christian unity was when Catholics prayed that our separated brethren would return to the Catholic Church. Christ prayed for unity, too, that all would be one. Correct. But it's within the Catholic Church. So the prayer used to be for our separated brothers and sisters who are Episcopalian, Lutheran, Method, that they would come back into the fullness of the faith. That was the point of Christian unity. I'd like to introduce a concept that I call the idolatry of unity. We have made unity an idol that we worship at all cost, and it is contrary to uh, Christ. He prayed that all might be one, but he didn't say that we give up ground here. And um, it's, it's contrary to the scripture passages where Christ says, I've come to sow division here, mother against father, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and you know the the area here we, Luke 25 we, huh Luke 25 we Luke 25 we have we have uh, essentially disarmed ourselves to say that militancy and fighting for the truth who is someone not something Christ himself is fallen out of favor here and what can we just get together and Hum Kumbaya, the idolatry of unity. Yeah, and really, it's not that we are, you know, uh, judgmental or bitter against our separated brothers and sisters. We want them to have the fullness of faith. You know, the Catholic Church is the true church founded by Jesus Christ himself. We want everybody as part of it. Indeed. That's charity. Matthew 26. There you go. <laughs> Your move, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Bible chess with these guys. Yeah, exactly. Hey, the, the uh, third paragraph in Archbishop's statement was, uh, I'm still trying to unpack that. He writes, 
the need was made clear. This is this is headline participating in the week of Christian unity. The need was made clear and urgent by a quarrelsome campaign, a disputed election, the 2021 insurrection, racial tensions, this one I don't get, and division over Latin masks, masks and vaccines. So, the piece about Latin Mass is still got me here. Is is he saying the need and 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 urgency is made because people go to the Latin Mass or people don't want people to go to the Latin Mass? What I I it's not clear, is it? Well, it's not clear, and I don't know what the basis is. I don't know, because toward the end, he says, you know, uh, the practice of synodality requires humility and charity for us to coexist in unity. So how come we can't coexist in unity up at the Latin Mass? Evidently, it, it maybe if it were a Protestant Latin Mass. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Got me, baby. Yeah. Got me, baby. He ends that well, in his statement by saying unity doesn't require uniformity or for everyone to agree. Unity doesn't require uniformity or for everyone to agree. Now, it is true that within the Catholic uh, Church, the umbrella of the bigger Catholic Church, there's a lot of um, uh, diversity, I guess. We've got the We've got the Coptic Catholics, we've got the Maronite Catholics, we've got, the, of course, the Roman the Catholics, the Byzantine, right? We got diversity. Yeah. And unity. Yeah. All united under the Pope, got me. one true church. Got yeah. me. What else we got here? Well, the other thing on a local level that I just want to bring up is the March for Life that happened this past Saturday. How was Walk it? for Life. Uh, it was good. There were probably 100 people there. Wow. Um, and uh, Cassie Shetgen did a beautiful job singing. Uh, Kathy Slinger gave a powerful testimony. She is post-abortive and speaks uh, around about that issue on how much her abortion hurt her, how much she regrets it, how she found healing and forgiveness. Praise God. Um, praise God is right, how many groups she's led. So that was a very powerful, powerful witness, too. Um, and then, of course, The Good Chili by Ron Hager. I hate Haver. 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 He's Haver. been doing that forever. Hmm. Bless him. So anyways, good turnout. Always lots of kids. Um, Father uh, Tyler Raymond from Dyersville gave the invocation. And then before we ate, Father uh, Martin Coolidge, he said, uh, Grace, it was nice to see a good crowd. We need to get that fire going, especially now that there's the Dobbs versus Jackson coming up as the pro-life movement's been a little bit energized by that. So We said it a couple of weeks ago, and I think we need to uh, hit this on a regular basis. <clears throat> Roe's likely to be underturned, over, underturned, overturned uh, sometime soon. If it stops, it stops. But that simply throws it back to the states. Correct. And that means that there's got to be 50 states rolling up their sleeves. There's already a move. Is it California that wants to be an abortion sanctuary? Correct. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yep, if so. you want to kill your baby, they'll pay for your flight there. They'll pay for your hotel room. Horrible. 
But, you know, we'd much rather have it at a local level, right? We'd much rather put pressure on our governors, local senators, uh, state representatives, absolutely much, much rather have the fight at a local level. Can I ask you a question? What's what is going on now with the the whole telemed thing? I heard something recently, but I I didn't catch the whole article. Is is there some something going on here in Iowa that they're trying to stop that as well because of all the underage girls with are, respect to abortion? Correct. Yes. Oh, that was a a hot issue. I'm going to say about 15 years ago, kind of when it first started, Correct. because they're really, you know, there's the doctors in Des Moines, the abortionist, I should say, is in Des Moines, and you know, he hits a button and a drawer pops out in Dubuque, and they give the girl the pills, and there's no no sort of medical attention or counseling or nothing right for the for the poor woman. And if she takes the first pill and changes her mind, yeah. They tell her, nope, nope, you got to take the second pill, which is not true. There is a reversal pill. So if you know someone who's considering this and they've taken the first pill, they do not have to take the second pill. Uh, but I haven't heard anything lately about what you're, about the Well, I think what, I think part of that uh, talk that they were given or that news thing that they were given had to be with because of the underage consent that now a girl 15 doesn't have to get consent to get this pill and stuff because of all these laws that are changing and stuff like that. And I think that was part of this whole conversation that was happening and stuff. So that could have been, but anyhow, yeah, something, yeah, something to keep your ear to the ground on and stuff and see if that's, you know, comes up. I will have to do that. We got two minutes, Colleen. Do we got uh, two minutes long enough to talk? Um, yeah, you know something. Uh, we were reading this article by Noam Chomsky, who's a, a fairly well-known liberal, um, but he has ten strategies that the mass media uses to manipulate us. And I think we'll just discuss one or two of these over the next few weeks because they're all very good and they're all worth uh, taking them piece by piece. Um, and the first one that he mentions is the strategy of distraction. Right. Uh, this fits into a uh, concept called problem-reaction-solution, which is defined as the strategy of creating a crisis, the problem, waiting for a call to action to resolve the crisis, the reaction, and then taking action, the solution, supposedly in response to something they created to start out, the distraction. Right. So, for example, the problem, reaction, solution that you mentioned. For example, they want us to be divided, uh, especially along race. They have been stoking the flames of racism for a while now. So if it's not moving fast enough, then they need to create uh, that type of um, rioting and things like that. So, So then that happens. So then we're all distracted first principle, looking at all that division. Correct. And we don't know what's going on with the other hand. So those two kind of go together, distraction, and then create problems and offer solutions. So I think that's a little tidbit of his article, and I think we'll visit some of the others um, in the coming weeks. And here's some other examples. Quarrelsome campaign, disputed election, racial tensions, the Latin mass, mask and vaccines. So much for distractions on the chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD.
We're back. This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD and also at kcrd-fm.org on our podcast area. You can uh, take us with you now. This is the 26th episode. We're recording on the 17th of January in the year 2022, the year of our Lord. And before we uh, go to the slaughter, because I think she's been working all week on questions, Mark. Yeah. I know. Yeah, well, it's not hard to stump me, like I said. So. <laughs> we talked last week about adoration and prayer and things like that, and, and then since then I had a couple uh, hours over it at adoration. I've got three concepts here. One, I'm talking to a priest in the last six months, and uh, time, talent, treasure, you know, that's the end of the year out there. And, uh, you know, the, the they fill in together, time, talent, treasure. It's the old concept of uh, tithing when it gets to your treasure, right? 10%, the biblical uh, imperative to uh, the Old Testament to tithe tenths, uh, 10%. Well, we got going to the... To the uh, the time concept of it, and he he just choke chains me. He says, "Tom, twenty four hours a day. What's ten percent? Two, two, two hours, hours and forty minutes, and or yeah, yeah, more than two hours. Two and a half. You're right. You're right on that. So that has been haunting me for weeks now, nigh on a month, months, several months here." I'm listening to another priest on YouTube, one of his homilies, and he's great intention. He's great orator, and uh, you know he's he's saying, "Come back to Christ, come back to Christ." Now you don't have to take a big jump on it. You don't have to take a you know, just start each day with little steps, three or four minutes. You know, change your life, three or four. Just give God three or four minutes. So we've got these these two great priests, one saying, tithe your time, and the Lord should get two hours and four-tenths of a, an hour. That's whatever it is. Yeah, 24 minutes. And you got another priest who's saying, baby steps, three or four minutes. So I went on, because... We had a cell phone that blew up here in the house, and one of the last things, did you, you ever get that report at the end of the week on your cell phone, your screen time this week? No. Did you ever see that? Nope. I don't, know why I don't want to know where it is. Okay, so I went online, and I just, I just, I didn't print every article, I just did the headlines. Uh, e-marketer, the average adult spends three hours, 43 minutes on their mobile devices a day. That's 50 days a year. Uh, three one. hours and how many? What three hours and 43 minutes. Another, a day. Another one. Okay. This is this is Comparatech.com. Worldwide, the average person spends six hours, 55 minutes looking at their screen. That's almost seven hours a day. Uh, techjury.net reports average screen time of 5.4 hours. Simplextexting.com. The average is 5.7 hours, and here's another one. Here's a whopping 7.5. This is by cdc.gov. says 7.5 hours in screen time, and it goes on and on. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy. So are you saying we're tithing our time to the god of technology? Well, here's the point. 
In segment one, we're talking about all kinds of social evils, ills that are affecting family, school districts, suicides are coming out here, and we are really sensitive on this here. Folks, we are not going to change families. We're not going to be changing the World uh, Christian Unity Week, the Synod on Synodality. We're not going to change any of this. Taking the baby steps of trying to introduce Christ for three or four minutes a day when a tithe is two hours and 24 minutes a day, and by everybody, I don't know anybody that doesn't have a smartphone. These are national and worldwide averages that I've just shared. You know, sin is its own reward. The Lord will let you to your devices. If your idol is your cell phone, not to mention your cable TV box, not to mention, not to mention, and you're not giving God his due. Sin is its own reward. You've, you've already told him who your God is. Yeah, those are some big numbers. Yes. Big mm -hmm. numbers. And think of how different this world would be if we gave God one hour a week at the power of prayer. Do you In know anybody that mass, needs an hour a week, Mark? <laughs> I could name a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I could name a few. But think about but, it. Think of how different this world would be. Could you imagine if those statistics you just read, Tom, if instead of saying that's how much screen time we are putting in, five hours a day, if you read that statistic and said, people in Dubuque are spending five hours a day at the Power of Prayer Adoration Chapel. Much less five hours a week. At the hour, you know. I mean, seriously, think about that. I mean, what a, what different, a different world we would have. Yes, if you want heaven on earth, you've got to go to heaven yeah. and bring it here. The Lord is telling you, you're spending five, anywhere from four to eight hours, depending on what survey and what jurisdiction, what government, what country. And you've abandoned him. And you wonder why this is going on in school districts, why our churches are empty, why, why uh, you know, our priests are talking or not talking about stuff, yeah. why our elected officials are, when you look at them and say, where did we get that candidate? Yeah, yeah. it's like Melissa said today, uh, we voted these people in, she said, not we, but they got voted in by somebody out there and stuff. And, and it was interesting, that conversation we had going back to the cat thing. Cause she said, and I didn't realize this, but she said Donald Trump t tried to stop TikTok from coming to the United States because he had seen some of this stuff that was going on. This is an import from China, from what I understand. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he had seen what was all on this platform or a lot of it. And he's going like, you don't want that here. But it's here. Yeah, and it is. Guess what kids are watching instead of praying. I know. Well, speaking of temptation. As we as we march toward the Inquisition. <laughs> Come on, this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm yeah. on the asking end of the... <laughs> well, evidently it's the favorite part 
for a lot of people on the show as they keep calling up and saying, where did she come up with those questions? I really like that. I think she's going to stump you. You guys are smart. Now you are going to know these questions and, and these are kind of going to relate to temptation. Like you just talked about the temptation to be on your phone all those hours. The segment called, are you smarter than a heretic? Yeah. <laughs> and we're also going to talk about hell questions on hell since we opened with the satanic club. So are you ready? Ready. So the first question is going to have to do with, uh, the angels that did not remain faithful to God. Mm. What happened to them? One third of them were swept away into the... I saw Satan fall like yep. lightning from the sky. Yeah. Good. What do we call them, those fallen angels? Demons. Demons, yeah. None of which are in Dubuque. No, we don't have any problem with demons here in Dubuque. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What is the chief way in which the bad angels try to harm us? Well, by way of uh, oh. temptation. Yes, is, yeah. by way of temptation. Yeah, saying, isn't there something also about saying that God isn't real? Isn't that like they want us to think that way that it's they just, tempt us to doubt. They, yeah, they tempt us to right? doubt. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So it's yeah. temptation. Did you answer where, where, uh, when they swept, were swept out of heaven, where they went? To the earth. To the earth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody what? thinks the demons are in hell. <laughs> no. No. I mean, I know some bishops that think that, but. Okay, do all temptations come from the bad angels? No. Very good, Mark. Where yeah. did they come from? Uh, actually, they... Careful. She might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i got to try and phrase this properly. They, yep. they actually... Um, we can sometimes think that it's a temptation from the devil or whatever. It could also be um, an, a spirit or an angel that we, that we think is, is good, that is not really good. It's... It's basically the devil in disguise, if, I, if I'm phrasing that right. Like a or false whatever. angel a false of light. Angel, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Okay, but so so the temptations can come from the bad angels. Where else can they come from? Well, from ourselves. Yes. Right? The flesh. Okay. The flesh. Yeah. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The yeah. world, the flesh, and the, the devil. devil. We don't want to give Satan too much credit because yeah. we don't like him. Can we always resist temptation? Yes. Yes. Okay, so you guys are you guys are hitting on all of these right now. That's and all if, correct. And if uh, Adam had done it, we'd have been in a better spot. <laughs> That's right. So since you guys passed on the questions of demons and fallen angels, next section is to quiz you on the torments of hell. Right? Oh, yes. Is that where the streets are paved with? Um, oh, I forgot that from Sister Faustina. <clears throat> Skulls of somebody. Skulls oh, of somebody, yeah. 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 Uh, I forgot. Yeah. So who actually, who is punished in hell? The reprobate. And what do you mean by reprobate? Well, those who have uh, walked away from God here. Remember, hell is populated with volunteers. God does so many people think, oh, God, that loving God 
would never send anyone to hell, and that's true. He doesn't send anyone to hell. Hell is populated by volunteers. God gives you intellect and free will, and if you go to hell, it is because you chose hell over the will of God, mm -hmm. God the Father. Mm -hmm. We had a speaker one time at Martha and Mary, and her talk was entitled, The Most Important Day of Your Life. And the bottom line for her was, the most important day of your life is the day you die. Because mm -hmm. that's when you enter into eternity. And she said, if you have been telling God, no, 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 every day of your life, what makes you think on your deathbed you're going to say yes? Exactly. Yeah. So and you're that, right, Tom, the, we send and, ourselves. And those great words, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us at the two most important times, now and at the hour of our death. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if you die in, in mortal sin, do you go to hell? Yeah. Yes. yes. See, you guys, yeah. Are, yeah. you guys are getting these. How many mortal sins does it take to go to hell? Hey, yeah. that was my next question. <laughs> oh, that'd be How one. How many mortal sins does it take to go to hell? That'd be one. Follow the bouncing ball. Yeah. So is, is uh, not going to Mass on Sunday a mortal sin? Yes, it is. If you... Don't go because of your own will and because you volunteer. How do I want to say that? You chose not to go to Mass. So if you were sick or you were the caregiver sick person or at least in the old days you were on vacation and you didn't know whether there was a, where there was a Catholic church or Catholic Mass and, and you couldn't get there. That's one thing, right? But to, but to lay in bed and go... There I don't want to go today. Yeah, there has to be an extenuating circumstances that prevents you from exercising your free will. So let's let's just recap this. One Sunday morning. One. One Sunday morning. Where you just roll over and hit the snooze alarm. Is a mortal sin. And it's enough. That can result in your going to hell. Yeah. An unrepentant, unconfessed, mortal sin. Guys, you don't want to go there. Don't want to go there. That's why you have to go to confession if it's a mortal sin, right? If it's right. a mortal sin, you have to go to confession to get it forgiven. You have to say, what well, kind of sin and how many times? Right? Bless me, Father, for I've sinned in the past six months. I've deliberately chosen to not go to Mass four times. Right? You have to say the, the sin and the number of times. Yeah. And you have to have a purpose of amendment to say, I'm going to go from mean? now on. What does that mean, Mark? Well, it means you you have to make up, you have to let the priest know in reparation, you have to say, I will do something extra special. Well, that's reparation. To, what's the what's the purpose of amendment? This A lot of people miss this, I think. So a firm purpose of amendment, you have to, you have to intend to change your life. You have to say, going forward, I will not do this again. Um, and that's why, you know, for example, the sin of contracepting is a mortal sin. If you go into the um, confessional and you say, I want to confess using birth control, the priest cannot forgive you if you are not willing to give up birth control. Because there's no purpose of amendment. And without breaking the seal of confession, because I don't have the information to do so but in talking to priests 
If it isn't number one, it's top five, the sin of pornography. Oh, my gosh. We should it do is ripping. It is ripping families apart. It's mostly men that confess the sin, but not exclusively. And if you don't have that per firm purpose of amendment to say that I can walk away from something that is so addictive, this is addictive. It is addictive, and it is the most addictive. The addiction to pornography is the most addictive because you don't have to go to a store to buy the alcohol. You don't have to go and get some drugs. All you have to do is pull it up in your memory. Mm -hmm. It's there all the time. Mm -hmm. That's why it's most addictive. And you're right, it is mostly men. But did you see that singer, and I forget her name, just Billie, oh. Billie Eilish, right. something like that. She just said a couple weeks ago, and she's 22, she said pornography ruined her brain. She started looking at pornography when she was 14. She admits it ruined her brain. Well, that's clinically proven. That is clinically proven that it ruined your brain. Yeah. But you all, you all passed your questions on the demons in hell, so I'm glad you're familiar with the demons in hell, well, that's whether, a, for that's, good or bad. That's good news. Do we have any other good news to share? Thank you, Mark. Nice segue. I do have a good news story. We all need a little good news. He did that very well, Tom. Yeah, I know. He's, uh, I don't get softballs like that. <laughs> Chuckling at this. Well, I got some good news here in the last 30 seconds as we wrap up. What do we got? Uh, there's a Kansas State football player, and he has heard the call to seminary no. on the field. Isn't that awesome? And you know what he says are the three things that are central to his spirituality? Tell me. This is a young guy. Kansas State college-age football player. He says... The three things central to his spirituality, the Eucharist, confession, and the Blessed Virgin Mary. How about that? What's his name? His name is uh, Landry Weber. So pretty soon he'll be known as Father Landry Weber, God willing. Yeah. Gotta love it. In God, the name of the Father, God, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Glory be, be to, the to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Spirit. As, As it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and ever shall, shall be, world without, without end. Amen. This is FM 98.3 KCRD with the chatter. And on the mobile app and on the website kcrd-fm.org, look for our podcast. God bless you. We love you.